Global Business Alliance second episode of State Snapshots. This is Meredith Beeson. I'm the Director of State Affairs at GBA. Really excited to do a deep dive on California. We've got Martha Miller from Platinum Advisors with us. Welcome, Martha. Really excited to have you. Uh, but wanted to just spend some time talking about California and what's happening out on the West Coast. We know California is a critically important state for our members, strong FDI presence, important uh, supply chain and logistics hub for many companies. So welcome, Martha. And just right off the bat, let's let's talk about some of the recent California news. We know uh, there's a lot of chatter about Governor Newsom. So what uh, what's the latest on the potential recall for Governor Newsom? Yeah, so thank you for having me. Really happy to be here. Um, appreciate the opportunity. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, for Newsom, you know, the recall effort is is certainly real. Um, there is definitely that momentum. They have garnered enough signatures, you know, with kind of a, a buffer, you know, for those that may not um, actually, you know, get through muster. So we do think that there will be a recall. Um, what is different um, from this time uh, than in the past? Uh, you know, the, the last recall that we had was Gray Davis. Um, his approval ratings were in the low 20s and his disapproval ratings were in the high 60s. This is much lower uh, than we're finding for Newsom, even with uh, even with COVID response and some frustrations as it relates to that. Right now, right now, you know, we're seeing about 38% of folks are saying that they would adamantly vote to recall. Um, about 42% are saying that they would keep him and the rest are undecided or, you know, aren't planning on voting. His favorability right now is about 42%. So again, much different uh, than where we were with Gray Davis. And I think the other thing to just remember is we don't have an R. Schwarzenegger on the scene. You know, so there is, you know, power and celebrity and there's nothing that Californians love more than a, than a celebrity, you know, and obviously Schwarzenegger was a businessman and, you know, respected in that way as well. You know, we do have Republican San Diego Mayor Kevin Falconer, who's emerged, you know, who has um, thrown his hat in the ring. We have a former gubernatorial candidate, John Cox, who you'll recall knew some beat. Um, uh, in the last election. So, you know, unless we have someone that will emerge, uh, that's a real, you know, kind of name and a player, I think it's going to be really hard to see Governor Newsom be recalled in a blue, deep blue state like California, um, particularly without, you know, a strong replacement there uh, for him. So while the recall is definitely going to happen, um, I think it's unlikely uh, that it's actually successful. I think folks, you know, even though people are frustrated with COVID, uh, they do see that, you know, they still want him as the leader in the state. And I think a lot of people see the recall as a little bit of a distraction. We're trying to get the economy back. We're trying to get things moving. And that's certainly, you know, the message that the, the Newsom campaign is trying to convey. Um, and you'll see, you know, in their ads and in their rhetoric, they are trying to also focus on, you know, where the recall is coming from, Trump supporters, um, you know, deep, deep Republican base, Orange County and other very, you know, still very red areas of the state. Yeah, yeah. Well, also big news this week, and it just was hot off the press a few days ago, was the announcement by Newsom of the new Attorney General, um, Rob Bonta. So, mm -hmm. can you share a little bit about that appointee and what he is expected to bring to the office of California Attorney General? 
Yeah. So, you know, the California Attorney General has been, you know, quite a stepping stone. And this is why there's so much attention, you know, being focused on it. So if you think about, you know, folks in the past that have been in this role, Jerry Brown, um, you know, went on to become governor, Kamala Harris went on to her Senate seat and now vice president, Javier Becerra, you know, came from Congress, but then went on to HHS secretary, which is why the um, the position is is vacant right now. So Rob Bonta, you know, after much lobbying, I think from the API community in particular, um, Rob Bonta was on the shortlist from the beginning, but there was a number of other people they were considering. Adam Schiff uh, was in the mix and it was, um, it was indicated that Speaker Pelosi was supportive of Schiff um, and his, him potentially take, you know, being getting that appointment. Daryl Steinberg, the former Senate pro tem and now the mayor of uh, Sacramento was in the mix. Um, but ultimately Rob Bonta, you know, was named uh, the new AG, he'll still have to be confirmed by the um, legislature, but we don't see that there'll be a problem there. You know, and he really has a cool story, right? So he's an East Bay um, assembly member. Uh, he was born in the Philippines, brought up by parents who, you know, worked with Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta uh, to unionize farm workers. Um, you know, so he is definitely, you know, kind of comes from that, you know, storyline in the same way that Becerra did. Um, he is you know, definitely a little bit more, you know, left-leaning, I would say. He received strong support from labor, environmental justice groups, criminal justice reform advocates, and the API community. Uh, some of the things that he's been focused on, you know, during his tenure in the legislature is uh, use of force, uh, abolishing cash bail, you know, so a lot of criminal justice reform, abolishing private prisons, um, different, you know, kind of political contribution reforms, and, um other criminal justice issues. So I think you'll see him really focus on that uh, probably uh, during his time. He will have to run, you know, pretty immediately. So he's going to have to run in 2022. And we've already heard that, you know, Sacramento DA is likely going to run against him um, and some other folks. So I think, you know, he's a prolific fundraiser. He's been a great, you know, kind of, he's kind of got that political angle for sure, but he does have, you know, a race pretty quickly lining up for him that I'll have to focus on. Yeah. Well, helpful insights again on the new California AG, Rob Bonta. Uh, you know, I want to shift gears a little bit, spend some time talking about my favorite uh, policy area, which is taxes, and maybe getting into a little bit about the budget in California, upcoming May revise. But, you know, earlier this year, you and I had talked a lot about AB 71, which did a handful of things, including raising the corporate income tax and it expanded water's edge to include some of the guilty and repatriated income, which I know some of our members really care about. So what's the, what's the latest on this bill, AB 71? Um, any updates on it? Yeah, so, you know, AB 71, I think, is definitely one of those where, you know, it's well-intentioned, right? The the goal here is to kind of um, reform the state's response to homelessness by kind of restructuring, you know, the way we look at it. But, um, but a big uh, portion of that would be, you know, kind of closing corporate tax loopholes um, and restoring some of the historic rates that we've seen in California. Uh, so I think, you know, well-intentioned, obviously homelessness is a huge problem, but with the budget surplus that we're, you know, currently seeing on top of the federal stimulus that the state just received, the governor has made it pretty clear that, 
you know, a large tax increase like that is not on the table right now. Um, and he said as much um, in press conferences. So the business community stood up really quickly against AB 71. Um, you know, many folks from the, the business community across the board have weighed in on just, you know, larger economic recovery issues. I think there remains a, a concern, you know, both with the Bay Area as well as largely for California that folks and companies are going to leave. We've seen big announcements from Oracle, you know, HP, Tesla, and others. So uh, there's definitely a concern and a concerted effort from the business community to make sure that we keep people in California um, as well as in the in the Bay Area. So I think the governor has kind of made it clear that he does not support that. So it feels like uh, like it would be a veto, um, but you know, stranger things have happened. I know we're going to get into the budget in a minute, but you know, they continue to find, you know, money in trunks of cars, um, billions of dollars. Um, um, in excess that continue to come in. So it doesn't feel like the right time to do something like that, particularly when we just got $26 billion from the federal government. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Martha, for that update. And, you know, just for members tuning into the podcast, we will be talking a little bit about AB 71 at our biweekly state tax working group. So if you're not involved with that group and want to learn a little bit more about some of the ways that we're advocating and getting engaged on policy bills across the states, please do reach out to me for more information. Again, I think AB 71 engagement would definitely be part of a broader pack. I know the business community in California has been very engaged in early opposition to this. So um, exploring whether or not GBA should also be part of the uh, pack and choir, so to speak. Just because the governor's indicated he's not supportive, you know, he needs that cover and he needs that help and support from the business community. So, you know, weighing in is certainly something that would be poignant. Yeah, great. So let's jump to the budget. I know there's an upcoming kind of May revise. I know many states are facing committee deadlines this week and last week. So can you just share a little bit about the budget process? Again, I know the, the May revise is a little bit unique to California, but anything to share on kind of key dates and upcoming budget considerations for members that are interested in following uh, along in the California budget setting conversation? Yeah, so, you know, as a reminder for folks, we have a full-time legislature, you know, in California, and they meet, you know, year-round, so um, just kind of at a baseline, right, the governor introduces his budget in January, the legislature, you know, from then until until May holds budget subcommittee hearings, and they kind of evaluate, you know, what the, what the initial um, uh, budget proposal is from the governor, and then the governor releases his, what you call the May revise on May 14th. Uh, after that, legislative leaders will meet with the governor. They'll kind of hammer out details. Uh, the legislature is required to pass the budget by June 15th. So, you know, when you look at that at that kind of calendar, right, from January to the May revise, there's been a pretty big uptick as far as our, our income and our tax revenues. So I think that'll be the biggest thing you'll see as far as adjustments. But we're already seeing a number of legislators that have, you know, identified that money, earmarked it within their bills or, you know, earmarked the federal stimulus, which hasn't exactly been doled out yet. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, kind of what is identified in the budget as a priority. Um, you may recall there was a ballot initiative that, pa that passed a few years ago that requires the legislature to pass the budget by that June 15th deadline or they don't get their paychecks. So um, that has been a very effective tool. <laughs> we used to, you know, the budget used to be, you know, held over, you know, for many weeks, sometimes months, you know, and it could get really, really kind of messy. Um, and that really solved uh, for that issue. 
But when you look at, you know, kind of key elected officials and policymakers, and particularly for GBA members um, that are focused on the budget, you know, and we'll be looking at this, it's going to be obviously the budget chairs. So on the assembly side, you know, Phil, Assembly Member Filting from San Francisco, who this group has already met with um, early on in session, and then Vince Fong, um, who's a Republican from the Central Valley, is Kevin McCarthy's old seat. And then on the Senate side, it's Nancy Skinner. Uh, she's a senator, you know, from the East Bay. And then uh, Jim Nielsen, a Republican, is the vice chair. So those are kind of the leaders, um, you know, on on the budget um, that are going to be engaged. And then obviously, um, Senate Pro Tem Adkins and Speaker Rendon. Great. Yeah, and I appreciate you mentioning our great uh, virtual meeting with Assembly Member Phil Ting. It happened right at the tail end of 2020, um, and we are Martha and I are, are staying close, and we're going to be working on some upcoming meetings and opportunities for GBA members to uh, meet with some of these key policymakers, especially with you know the, within the legislative branch and some of the folks that Martha just articulated, who are going to be really important. Not just for setting the budget, but for um, various policies across the state. Uh, so more to come on that for members. Uh, reach out to me if you're interested in getting plugged in. Again, a lot of these will be introductory in nature. We want to do a lot of who the Global Business Alliance is. So if you're interested and have a significant footprint or want to get involved in some of these um, events, please do reach out to me. So uh, one more question before our final question, uh, but I know that. LA Long Beach and the port system within California is critically important in getting products in and out of the country. I know that there's been increased emphasis and focus uh, on supply chain issues. Can you share a little bit more about, you know, how how the state is viewing some of the current issues? I know that there's been significant delays in ports which impacts just about every industry under the sun. So mm. can you just enlighten us a little bit about some of the supply chain issues um, happening out in California? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a perfect storm. It's a juxtaposition of, you know, all the impacts of the global pandemic, but, you know, at the beginning of uh, 2020, we saw a huge downturn in goods, right? And things moving as the, um, as the Asian factories had shut down because of COVID. And now we're seeing all of that come in. But in that amount of time, right, consumer spending change flipped on its head. Athleisure, you know, Pelotons, you know, everybody is just looking housewares, right? People want things for their homes. People have really changed their shopping habits over the year. And, you know, that has had just a ripple effect throughout the supply chain. So warehouse space, even though California has the most warehouse space per capita, um, they don't have enough warehouse space right now. So many of the, what we call beneficial cargo owners, so retailers and others are using, you know, kind of the port complexes to leave their containers because they don't have space, you know, in the warehouses. So they get, you know, charged what you call detention and demerge costs for, for kind of leaving things there. Um, but when they don't have anywhere to put it, then, you know, where, where is it going to go? So as a result of that, you've got the ag exporters that, you know, are really frustrated because they can't get their goods out. There's not enough containers. There's not enough chassis. You know, there's not enough to kind of get this moving. And so folks are seeing it both on the import and the export side. Um, and people are really frustrated right now, you know, as they, you know, as they should be, certainly. Um, but it's just, you know, we have not, we're seeing record breaking numbers coming through the ports. 
um, it's hugely problematic. And, you know, people are moving as quickly as they can. But on top of all, all everything that I just articulated, you've got a subset of workers, you know, with the longshoremen that, you know, have not had a break, right? They were deemed essential from the beginning, and they have worked through this entire pandemic. So uh, one thing that, you know, I think could really help this is making sure that ILWU and longshore workers are prioritized for vaccines. So that's one thing that we're working on right now is making sure that that group of folks is prioritized because, you know, if you have folks out that are sick, um, if you don't have your full strong workforce, it's only going to exacerbate these issues even more. Uh, but looking at some of the optimizer information that we've seen from the ports, you know, we anticipate that the slowdown could go through, you know, kind of May, June. Um, at this point, uh, but just because it's this juxtaposition of so many things happening all at one time. Yeah, great. Well, I know supply chain issues are really important for our member companies, and we have a federal level American supply chain working group that many uh, of you are plugged into. But I do want to underscore that we are tracking some of these big trends and issues at the state level as well, and happy to connect any member who wants more details about some of these um, solutions that Martha just articulated. I know there's no silver bullet for some of these complicated port logistics challenges, but I know our companies are leaders really in supply chains across the globe. So I'm happy to plug, uh, plug members into any future conversations around uh, port logistics. Okay, well, thanks again, Martha, for an update on supply chain issues in California. Um, obviously, GBA members have been um, engaged with our American Supply Chain Working Group at the federal level. We're going to continue to have conversations about the issues being experienced at the state level. Stay tuned for more information about an upcoming event with the American Association of Port Authorities. Um, uh, we're planning on doing a virtual update uh, with members next month sometime. So more to come on that event. But again, know that these issues are extremely important to GBA and companies um, across the country. So one final question, just to end on a fun note, I, I like to feature a different kind of GBA member good or service. So, Martha, what is uh, something that you have used in the last month that a GBA company has either produced or provided? Well, I'm going to say I'm going to have to go with my Ray-Ban sunglasses. I have some right here. I'm going to throw those bad boys on. <laughs> I think that is um, Luxottica, but um, lots of Ray-Bans in, um, in my repertoire. They're definitely my go-to. So, I would say, you know, at current, that's probably my favorite GBA product. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I think you're going to give President Biden a run for his money here <laughs> who wore it best. Well, thank you again, Martha, and thank you members for tuning in to the second episode of State Snapshots. We really appreciate you. Again, reach out to me if you'd like to get more involved in some of our upcoming meetings with California elected officials, but always a pleasure, Martha. Thank you so much.